The Oklahoma Sooners play the Kansas State Wildcats under the lights in prime time on Saturday night. And we're going to get you ready with our keys to the game on today's episode of Locked On Sooners. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Sooner Nation? Welcome to Locked On Sooners, and thank you for making Locked On Sooners your first listen every single day. My name is John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Sooners. He's Josh Helmer. You can follow him on Twitter at Josh on Ref. You can also hear him Monday through Friday from 9 to noon on 94.7 The Ref in Norman. What's up, Josh? Hey, you and Joey put together a great show on the last episode. Thanks for uh, holding it down. No problem at all. Happy to do so. Hope that uh, your lovely wife had a wonderful birthday. Are you ready for a little Big 12 football? The final go-around in the Big 12? The second-to-last go-around in the Big 12? Yes, absolutely ready for some conference play. I, I love conference play. It just has so much more heat to it and more energy. Even in situations where maybe the teams aren't very equally matched, not necessarily saying that this one's not that, but in games where Oklahoma is a clear favorite, there's just still a lot more to it because of the history that you have with these teams. It's something that's going to be a little bit weird when Oklahoma does make the move to the SEC is having to rebuild that those conference dynamics a little bit after being with the Big 12 for the better part of 30 years. I mean, it's a, it's a conference that Oklahoma, yes, it's dominated for the most part, but it's also been a conference that's provided a lot of great games and a lot of great drama throughout the years as well, even when you know, we look back to 2003, you know, this Kansas State team brings up a lot of, evokes a lot of memories about that season where Oklahoma is the, you know, the number one team in the nation from, you know, the beginning of the season all the way to the Big 12 championship game. And then Kansas State just rolls in and rolls them, you know, 35 to 7 and, and dashes Oklahoma's national championship hopes in that Big 12 title game. And that's kind of part of this a little bit of the the bittersweet aspect of leaving the big 12 for the sec so yeah i'm I'm pumped for big 12 play i think it's going to be great i would have been content just to stay in the big 12 so i, I like where it's at and i like the new additions but and i'll be excited when we get to the sec whenever that happens but yes kansas state coming to norman under the lights sounds like they already got another great light show planned uh, for the after dark situation which it'll get dark earlier than it did against uh, Kent State, so that's going to be a lot of fun. But let's start talking keys to the game, Josh. Offensively for the Oklahoma Sooners, this might be their toughest matchup of the season. The you know Felix Enedike Azoma, great edge rusher. They've got some playmakers at the second level at the linebacker position as well. What do you think is the key for Oklahoma offensively to really get their their game going, kind of from the jump, and then to have a chance to Kind of win this football game, not just win this football game, but win it going away. Well, you hit on one of them because of the type of NFL talent that you're seeing in Felix, Anadike, Uzoma. Pass protection, what does it look like, right? Can they handle him? I mean, if you have to double up there, what does that mean? Is that, you know, plugging up one hole to have a bunch of others pop open on you? How, what is all of that going to look like for Oklahoma? It's the First, you know, O'Shawn Mathis has not been maybe what folks were hoping he would be for Nebraska. So that kind of means that Felix Anadike Uzoma is the most 
dangerous pass rushing threat that Oklahoma has seen to date. So how do the Sooners handle that? I think that's kind of step uh, step one, right? That's that's uh, key A. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, Kansas State, I mean, for how well their defense is playing, they're only averaging 2.33 sacks per game against the likes of South Dakota and Missouri and Tulane. So a solid defense, but I wonder how much we'll be wondering about how good this defense is after we play this team because of the competition they've played in the first three games of the season. Pass protection is going to be huge. I think we liked what we saw out of Wani Morris at right tackle. Obviously, Anton Harrison is going to be a top 100 draft pick in next year's NFL draft. So you feel pretty good off the edge. We talked about it earlier this week. We thought McCabe Mattire played his best game of the season. Andrew Rame has been solid for this team for two years now. Chris Murray, the same. So I think offensive line is going to be really, really good. Statistically, looking at Kansas State's defense, I mean, they do a pretty good job against both the run and the pass, just in kind of uh, the whole numbers, just the, the raw numbers, if you if you will. I think a big key is going to be this offensive line and how well they establish the run. You know, getting Eric Gray going, getting Marcus Major going early in this game to be able to just impose their will on the Kansas State defense. If they can get some things going in the running game early, I mean, it's kind of cliche, but it'll open things up in the pass game and it'll take a little bit of the, the heat off the edge from, you know, Felix Zoma. If they can get running the football, he's not going to be able to just kind of pin his ear backs, ears back, ear backs, ears back, and get after Dylan Gabriel. So I think I think that's huge. The offensive line play in this game, it's going to be tested, arguably their, their biggest test of the season. How they respond to that is going to be a big part of how this offense looks against Kansas State. And I would have to imagine, I mean, just looking at some of the raw numbers that you were talking about, Kansas State – 20th in total defense nationally coming into this game. They're uh, really good in the pass defense department. So I would imagine Felix and Adike Uzoma, a big piece of the reason why that's the case for Kansas State in the pass defense uh, category. And they've intercepted their opponents, you know, multiple times. Obviously, big ramp up in the competition level for Kansas State this weekend. So can Oklahoma make what is currently the number 10 pass defense nationally? Can they expose a little bit? Can they find some holes in that defense? And if not, then, you know, you would expect to be successful running the football like you talked about, John. Kansas State, they, they've been good. I mean, they've not been terrible rushing defense. Uh, you know, there's not a big difference, really. You, you know, it's kind of hard to extrapolate some of the data to this point because you've only got, you know, three three games in some cases, maybe even less than that in in others. But Kansas State, 128.3 rushing yards per game, what they're giving up. That's basically what OU's given up on the ground. OU's given up 118.3. And you, you see Oklahoma's tied 49th nationally. Kansas State, you see that number 60 number. That's a little bit further back. But, I mean, it's only 10 yards difference that's separating the two in terms of rushing defense. But that being said, I mean, this is not one of the stingiest rush defenses in America, John. And they're not as good in that category as they are in the pass defense category so with that in mind I would expect Oklahoma to find some success with yes both Eric Gray and Marcus Major in this football game and then you look at the passing game and I think what's what's important is what happened last week in that you got Jalil Farouk going you got Theo Weiss going Drake Stoops had another solid game and so the the diversity of weapons that you have at your disposal in the passing game is going to help everybody out offensively it helps Dylan Gabriel out to know that he can spread the ball around he's got guys that are going to make plays and 
be reliable, consistent playmakers, not just, you know, before the reception, but also after the catch and making plays, you know, with their feet. You know, Theo Weiss did it. Julio Farouk did it. Now Dylan Gabriel's going to have to be a little bit more sharp this week against a tougher defense, but I think he responds. I think he has another, I think he has a really good game. I think he bounces back and, you know, he may not have the, the same numbers, but I think he's just a sharper thrower this week. You know, he may not have the big touchdown run, but I think he, we're not going to look at this game and be like, well, he missed, you know, three or four throws that would have been huge gains had he hit them in stride or something like that. Every quarterback misses throws in every single game, but I don't think there's going to be as many like glaring misses like there was last week. And probably most importantly coming out, I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I hope that's the case for Dylan Gabriel, the accuracy down the field, especially at home, right? You feel really comfortable at Gaylord family, Oklahoma Memorial stadium, or you should those down the field throws. You should feel even a little bit more comfortable in that regard. Probably biggest picture of anything in this game for OU offensively is just make a defense in Kansas state that looks like it's fairly stingy, right? One of the more stout defenses, 20th in total defense, where are they at scoring defense wise? I mean, top 15 team in that regard too. So if Oklahoma can go out there and I'm not saying that they got to drop the 49 spot like they did versus Nebraska, John. I mean, if this is a pretty efficient day, start to finish, Oklahoma doesn't turn the football over. Some of the things that you mentioned right there with Dylan Gabriel happen. He's more accurate on a couple of deep balls here and there. Maybe you do stall out a couple of times because guess what? Kansas state is a good defense. They're going to get stops on people and you put up, you know, 31 plus points in this game and take care of the football. I mean, honestly, I think we're going to come out of it and say, hey, that was a pretty nice performance from Oklahoma offensively. Assuming, obviously, you win the game, you know, scoring 31, 34, whatever it may be. Yeah, I think if you get to like 27, you're going to win this football game because I just don't think Kansas State's going to be able to do that. If they're able to hold Oklahoma to like 21, 24, it's going to be a pretty tight ball game. But I, I still have great confidence that Oklahoma is going to be able to score and, and play pretty well. I mean, they're averaging 500 yards a game right now as an offense. That's a that's a huge number. And while they might not hit 500 yards against Kansas State, I'm I'm pretty confident that they're going to hit 400, you know, 375, 400 yards, and that should be more than enough as long as you know Dylan Gabriel continues to do what he's doing and that's take care of the football. I mean, Kansas State even last week they had to they were plus two in the turnover margin against Tulane, and they still lost the game. So I think that's what it's going to come down to for Oklahoma. Take care of the football, be efficient offensively, dictate the pace of play, dictate the run game. And I think Oklahoma has a, a great chance to not just win, but cover the spread uh, from bet online, which is, you know, minus 12 and a half at this point. But coming up next, we're going to give you our defensive keys to the game. But first, let's talk about underdog. Hey, if you haven't checked out underdog yet, this is a great – way to play fantasy sports you can even get in on college action as well like you can go to underdogs app sign up log in and they've got a great game where you can pick the over under on dylan gabriel passing yards this week against kansas state right now it's sitting at 246.5 i like dylan gabriel to go over that i think you know 250 275 is within reason for dylan gabriel this week josh do you think that that's a reasonable expectation that dylan gabriel could go over the 246.5 I would take the over for Dylan Gabriel and that number. And then they've got Eric Grayson, 83 and a half over there at underdog sports. I, that's going to be, a t that's kind of a tough one. I think Eric Gray might hit the under on that because, you know, he's been really good, but it's kind of been an up and down like, as far as yardage total performance. 
I think this could be another week where we see a big Marcus Major uh, bump just because of the physical nature of Kansas State's defense. So that's interesting. Marvin Mims, 79 and a half. I'd take the over on that one. Yeah, I feel pretty safe <laughs> probably most weeks taking the over with Marvin Mims. Yeah, so a lot of great options there for you to get in on just college football pickums by just playing the over-unders over at Underdog Fantasy. It's easy to sign up. It's easy to play. And they've also got great best ball drafts for the NFL season as well. So go to Underdog to make your picks, just like I've done here on the Locked On Sooners podcast. It's easy to play and available in over 30 states. Just pick between two and five players across any team, not just your team, and decide if they'll finish higher or lower than the projected uh, yardage total. It's one of the easiest fantasy games to play out there, and you can win cold, hard cash in a single game. Sign up with the promo code LOCKEDON, one word, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. Again, that's go to underdogfantasy.com or the find the Underdog Fantasy app in the App Store or Google Play Store. Use promo code LOCKEDON and get in on college football pick'em action today. Josh, defensively, for the Oklahoma Sooners, they're going up against... Deuce Vaughn, one of the best running backs in the country, best players in the country, I think it's safe to say, not just at running back. That, to me, is the biggest key to this game. Yes, they've got some other talented players, but what Deuce Vaughn's been able to do against the Oklahoma Sooners in two matchups has been a, the big reason why they beat Oklahoma a couple years ago and they hung with Oklahoma last year. Adrian Martinez is a capable, capable player at times, but for Oklahoma, it's what do they do against Deuce Vaughn? Yeah, I know. And any opponent versus Kansas State, that would be the first thing that comes to mind, right? How well will you defend Deuce Vaughn? And I get it. Everybody's saying it. But, I, I mean, that's the key to the game defensively for Oklahoma. Limit the explosives for Deuce Vaughn. And if you can do that, then – probably you're going to win this football game. I mean, we can sit here and talk offensive keys, defensive keys, uh, special teams keys, right? Uh, avoid the big disaster play there. That's been a problem for Oklahoma for whatever reason versus Kansas State. And Kansas State, you know, give them their credit where credit's due. they historically pretty good in the special teams department. But, I mean, if you throw everything out, you say just pick the one biggest key in this football game, it's probably that. Limit the explosives for Deuce Vaughn. And that's what Tulane did well a week ago. Deuce Vaughn had eight receptions, but he only had 30 yards. Like he only averaged like 3.8 yards per reception. That's really, really good. So what that means for the Oklahoma Sooners is you have to tackle well. They're looking to get the ball in Deuce Vaughn's hands any way they can. He had 28 touches, 20 carries, eight receptions last week. So you have to tackle. Like there's not going to be any room for error on that one. You have to bring him down on first contact. And if not first contact, second contact has to be right there. Because if you miss and there's nobody else there to clean it up, the dude's gone. And it's going to be a big play. We saw it two years ago when he had four catches for 129 yards. I mean, it was a big pass play that went for like 70 or 80 yards that was the big play in that game. You know, last year, Oklahoma did a pretty decent job on against him on the ground. You know, held him to 3.4 yards per carry. But again, through the air, he had 10 receptions for 104 yards. So this is a guy that they're going to look to get the ball in his hands any way possible. And so it creates a, a little bit of an interesting dynamic. And then I've seen people suggest this too, how they play Adrian Martinez and Deuce Vaughn in the, the read option game is going to be a big key in this one. To me, if you're Brent Venables and you're the Oklahoma Sooners, you, 
if they're running read option, your, your sole focus, your main priority is still Deuce Vaughn. You don't want, you'd much rather have the ball in Adrian Martinez's hands, even if he is able to pick up a few yards, because he's not going to run for 70 yards against you, like on a single play. Deuce Vaughn can take the ball and score anytime he touches it. And so if you're kind of scheming against the read option, yes, you're going to account for Adrian Martinez, but your major priority is still going to be Deuce Vaughn. Probably so. I would say caution yourself a little bit against, you know, pick your poison on option. When you're trying to defend that, I mean, the more you get into, oh, we need to defend this guy or that guy, then all of a sudden Adrian Martinez is rumbling 70 yards into the end zone. I mean, really, it's just about defending option football. Just be assignment sound. You've got the quarterback. Make the quarterback pitch it. Outside man's got the the outside guy, which is the running back, right? You just string that thing out along to the sideline and force it back inside where help is uh, is there to help you out. And as soon as you get into kind of, you know, messing around with the idea of, oh, we need to make this happen or that happen in terms of let, let's, you know, make sure we corral Deuce Vaughn. Then all of a sudden, again, it's Adrian Martinez or somebody else. You know, there's some different wrinkles you can, you can uh, put together off of the option game. So just be an assignment sound in that regard. I know that that's, Again, something that you hear every week, but with this, you know, option football, I mean, that's the most important thing is just do your individual job. Stay in your assigned lane defending option football. You're supposed to defend the boundary, defend the boundary, send it back inside because as soon as you don't, man, that's where option football, one guy doesn't do what their, their job, their assignment calls them for. And all of a sudden, man, you are in a world of hurt. And I think this is going to be a big week again for Danny Stutzman and David Aguebu because Adrian Martinez, he's a big physical quarterback that can run. You're going to need your big physical players to make those plays on him. Now it's going to take everybody being assignment sound, like you mentioned, but I think this is the, the week where we see Danny Stutzman get back to leading this team in tackles, David Aguebu really making life very difficult for Kansas state uh, from the middle linebacker position. So I, I think, the linebackers are going to have another big week. I don't think we necessarily see as much Jared Canning, but I think Danny Stutzman is going to have another really, really good week and continue that ascension towards stardom a little bit. And a lot of it, you know, the interior defensive line, that's going to play a big part in it too. How well can Jalen Redmond and Jeffrey Johnson and Isaiah Coe and Jordan Kelly, how well can they hold up against Kansas State's interior? If they can shut things down on the interior and force them to bounce things outside, then you've got the speed you got the athleticism to to play sideline to sideline with these guys. You know, and Oklahoma's been – how would you grade Oklahoma so far in the tackles, mistackling department? I'd probably put them at like a B, B plus. You know, not – they haven't been perfect, but they haven't been bad. Right. And I think, you know, you can't give them an A grade, right? I mean, it hasn't been – and, and Oklahoma defensively has been, you know, pretty good. And I like the physicality that they're playing with. This will stress them in that regard this week. I mean, Deuce Vaughn alone, right? Malik Knowles, another guy out in space that just, you know, you talk keys defensively. How well is Oklahoma going to tackle those two guys in space? I mean, I think that's gigantic this week. We, you know, can sit here and until we're blue in the face, talk about, well, limit explosive plays. Well, in order to limit said explosive plays, you get a chance to get Deuce Vaughn down, or a chance to get Malik Knowles down. Let's hope these guys can do that. And, I mean, this is going to be a great test in that regard, I think, for Oklahoma. Yeah, and I think you're right. And getting a guy like Key Lawrence back helps in that 
Vane a lot because he's a physical tackler. He's pretty sound in his tackling and someone that's going to fly around the football as well as guys like Stutzman and Ugwebu and, you know, Deshaun White. And if we do see a healthy dose of Jaron Canick, I think that's going to be huge for the Oklahoma Sooners is to have another guy like Key Lawrence, Billy Bowman, who's been pretty sound as well. It's going to take team tackling against this, this group of players because it is an athletic group. You have Deuce Vaughn, you have Adrian Martinez. You mentioned Malik Knowles. He's their leading receiver. They're not throwing the ball much. I don't know if that's just something that they've been holding back, but you look at the final drive for Kansas State against Tulane, and it was not very good. I mean, the play calling was a little bit sketchy, but what Adrian Martinez was able to do on that final drive was really it was interesting because they opened it up with a six-yard run to Deuce Vaughn. And then Adrian Martinez completes a 19-yard pass to Malik Knowles. You're like, okay, they're getting things going, moving the ball. They're at the 50-yard line. And then Adrian Martinez, a one-yard pass to Deuce Vaughn. And then Adrian Martinez, an incomplete pass. And then Adrian Martinez, a three-yard pass. So it's like they started off pretty hot getting the ball down the field, and then they weren't able to do anything. So it could be a week where we see Oklahoma dropping more guys into the zone trying to take things away from Adrian Martinez, spying him with somebody from the middle line, from the linebacker core, and just not letting anything get behind them so that they don't give up any big play and making Kansas State drive the football because for the most part, they're not necessarily capable of going on, you know, eight, nine, ten play drives, and they won't be against this Oklahoma Sooners defense. So that I think that could be a big part of what we see this week from Brent Venable's defense. And this just feels like the, I mean, tailor-made opportunity for Oklahoma to play a lot of man defense on the outside, load the box, and say, all right, Adrian Martinez, wind up, see if you can beat us. It definitely does seem like that for sure. I would be, I'm, I'm going to be really, really interested to see how they approach this because we've seen Brent Venables, he likes to blitz. Ted Roof, they're throwing a lot of, a lot of rushers at, you know, uh, in, uh, at quarterbacks. This could be a great like run blitz week where you you know your first priority is to blitz the run and then if it's a pass then you're just already on the go to to get after the quarterback. Again, it's going to come down to tackling. Both those guys can break tackles and Adrian Martinez is going to get you give you opportunities to take the ball away. And you have to take advantage of those as well because we've talked about it at nauseum on this show that Adrian Martinez will fumble the ball and he'll throw interceptions. And if you don't take advantage of those turnover opportunities, it comes by to comes back to bite you. So any other thoughts that you want to share about the defense and what they need to do against Kansas State? I'm just looking forward to seeing if Oklahoma in a game where you would imagine, right, run heavy for Kansas State play action here and there. What do those TFL numbers look like in this game? Can you still generate some some sacks in a game where maybe the passing opportunities are going to be a little bit more fewer and farther in between? So just the TFL department, I mean, this – Kind of sets up to be, you know, a week for Oklahoma in the run game where they can really rack up some TFLs. I don't know that they're going to have a ton of opportunities necessarily to sack Adrian Martinez. So those are uh, a couple of things. I'll be curious to see Oklahoma, one of the best teams nationally in the TFL department. What does that look like this week for the Sooners? All right. Now we're going to get into some Big 12 picks for this week. Not Only a few Big 12 conference games, but we've got several teams in action. Otherwise, Let's start with the crosstown rivalry, the Metroplex matchup that's happening between 
the SMU Mustangs and the TCU Horned Frogs. TCU is a favorite by one and a half points, traveling to Dallas to play in Gerald Ford Stadium, and the over-under sitting at 70 and a half. Josh, who are you liking this one? Yeah, I'm taking TCU. Uh, you know, I don't have a strong reason or rationale for why that is. I, I guess maybe just kind of on the wings of respect for Quentin Johnson's ability here or there to maybe make a play or two that puts TCU over the top, but not going to surprise me at all if SMU wins this game. Yeah, Quentin Johnston is the guy. Like, he is that dude. I'm just going to go with the fact that TCU's had a week extra to prep for this game. I mean, they didn't play in week three, so they've been just sitting around thinking about SMU and, and you know, game planning for this. I think SMU's going to be kind of geeked up for this one because Sonny Dykes left their program amongst rumors that were going on for months before he did it. So they might be really fired up to to go win this game. Sonny Dykes, I think, is going to want to prove a point uh, with TCU as well. So, yeah, give me the Horned Frogs minus the one and a half. And I kind of like this game to go on the over. I think this is going to be one of those 40 to 35 kind of a games where both teams score a bunch. Yeah. Um, I would probably, I guess, go under just because I feel like that's a large point total at 70 and a half right there. But, I mean – you know, I just look at it 35, 35. Is it going to be 38, 35, right? I mean, that's kind of the ballpark that with a one and a half point spread, they're thinking it's going to be in that neighborhood. The other non-conference matchup that's happening is between the two basketball powers. The Kansas Jayhawks are laying seven points to the Duke Blue Devils who are traveling to what's going to be a sold out stadium in Lawrence, Kansas. Kansas is the favorite by seven points over under sitting at 65 and a half. Both teams are 3-0, and Josh. Who's going to stay undefeated after this week? It'll be Jalen Daniels in Kansas winning this game. They're going to cover that seven-point number. I think that this is going to come in, though Kansas is really one of the most improved teams offensively nationally. I think you'll see Kansas score the football, but I really think this is going to be a little bit of a coming-out party for the Jayhawks to hand Duke their first loss. I don't think Duke is going to have as much success offensively as Kansas will have. For that reason, I'm having it staying underneath that over-under number. But I, I like Kansas to win by multiple scores in this game and remain unbeaten. Yeah, Kansas the top five offense in the nation right now, which is wild to think. Um, a year ago, I, I don't think we would have pegged them at that. But the way Jalen Daniels played down the stretch and the way he's playing this year, I mean, he's playing really, really good football for the Jayhawks. It's not just a, a flash in the pan, kind of a team dynamic. He's playing really well. I mean, everybody's playing good. But Jalen Daniels has kind of been the star. And I actually gave him a little bit of love in my College Wires Heisman poll this week, uh, voting him number third. So he's he's done a good job. Kansas has two big wins over West Virginia and Houston. And now they get a chance to, to put on a show in front of their home crowd. Give me the Jayhawks, also minus the seven points. And I like this one to go over. I think Kansas does score. You know, they get into the 45-48 realm again. And I think Duke is going to you know kind of get to 20 to 24 or so. But like you, I think it's going to be a couple – couple score win for the Kansas Jayhawks. They're just playing too well. They're just on too big of a roll right now. It's hard to stop momentum. Okay, we're getting into conference play now. Now, West Virginia, they're playing Virginia Tech on Thursday night as we're recording this. West Virginia is way out in head of the Hokies, so we're not picking that one. But we got a bit of a defensive battle heading up to Ames right now as Baylor – not right now, this weekend – as Baylor gets ready to play Iowa State – the Cyclones are actually favored in this one by two and a half points. That shocked me, Josh, when I looked at that line. 
Yeah, I love Will McDonald. And I, I came away impressed with some of the things that Hunter Deckers did versus a, a very stout, very, very tough Iowa defense. Now, you know, obviously Iowa State only came away with 10 points in that game. But I just – the way that Hunter Deckers went about his business starting for the Cyclones, I could – see how he won that job up there for Iowa State. I'm taking Baylor because I still think Baylor is, you know, right there with Oklahoma, and Oklahoma State is one of the top three teams in this league. Lose this weekend, though, John, and I'm going to start changing my tune on that a little bit. So we'll see. I, I like Blake Shaben to play better than maybe he has to date, and I like the Bears to go on the road. Tough road environment in Ames, but I think they're going to find a way to win this game. I do, though, think it's going to be a defensive-type battle, you know. 20 21 17 something like that for for Baylor maybe uh, you know right kind of at that number 24 17 that would still come under yeah 24 17 Baylor somewhere right there yeah I think you're about right on what the score is going to be but I'm going to go with the Cyclones you mentioned Hunter Deckers I think he's kind of got those intangibles especially with the, his athleticism to be able to avoid some of the pressure that comes from Baylor's defensive line which we know is really really good I, I love the matchup between Matt Campbell, the most fiery coach that we probably have in college football, and Dave Aranda, arguably the most understated coach that we have in college football. Like a very interesting clash of personalities a little bit um, on the sidelines and in the press conference room. So, uh, but I don't know, man. I just get this feeling that Iowa State is going to is going to win this one. I, I think a lot of it just has to do with the way that they played against Iowa's defense, which is really really tough. You know, they, they made the plays that they needed to make when they needed to make them in order to win that game. It's going to be a tough matchup, and it would not surprise me to see Baylor win, but, you know, I like Iowa State minus the two and a half even because I think it's going to be one of those four-point, three-point wins for the Cyclones. All right, the other big matchup in Big 12 play, we got the Texas Longhorns heading to Lubbock to take on the Red Raiders. Texas is favored by seven points. Going to Lubbock and the over/under sitting at sixty-two. Josh, what are you gonna? What do you? What do you think is gonna happen? Do you think Quinn Ewers is actually gonna play in this one, or they're just kind of suiting him up just to mess with the, the Red Raiders a little bit? No, I think he's playing. I think he'll play, and I think it's gonna be a heck of a test for the Longhorns. I don't like Texas to cover in this game, uh, but I do like Texas to win straight up. I, I like the Longhorns to start Big Twelve play one and zero. I think Texas Tech gives them a serious serious scare but uh, i'll take i'll take texas 31 27 so that would come in what just a little bit under that number yeah and again i, I think you're pretty right on there with the score i think it's going to be a tightly contested football game for much of this one just because texas tech is going to be fired up against a what they perceive to be possibly a wounded longhorns team but if quinn yours plays that's going to be a, a story to watch because what if he gets hurt again like I mean, is it too soon for him to get back out there? It's hard. We don't know. Only the doctors and Quinn Ewers and Steve Sarkeesian know. But it just seems really fast to be getting back into the action after what was a pretty serious shoulder injury. But, again, I, I, even I think if Hudson Card makes the start, I still just think Texas is too talented with Xavier Worthy and Bijan Robinson and you know, DeMarvin Overshone. And I think Overshone in particular is going to have something to, to kind of say about this game um, with what he had to go through earlier this week. I just think Texas right now is, is playing really good football. You know, the game against Alabama, a tightly contested matchup. They didn't really suffer a letdown against UTSA. Still had a big two touchdown win there. 
So give me the Longhorns, and I'll even nah, – I'm with you. I'm not going to take them to cover. I think I think Texas Tech you know, keeps it close, but Texas wins this one. And that brings us to the matchup that you've been waiting for, the Kansas State Wildcats traveling to Norman, Oklahoma, to take on the Sooners. Oklahoma's a 12-and-a-half-point favorite, according to Bet Online, and the over-under sits at 53. Josh, where you, how do you lean in this game? I'm taking Oklahoma to cover the number, and let's see. I, I guess I guess I'm, you know, I like the over/under number. I I think that it's gonna come just slightly a little bit underneath it. 34 to 17. I've got Oklahoma doubling up Kansas State. I just don't think there's enough offense for the Wildcats. Deuce, Deuce Vaughn by himself is maybe the best player in this football game, John. I mean, he might be the singular best player in the game. Uh, certainly if he's not, he's right there, you know, short list for maybe right there. Top three, five players in the game. No question. He's awesome. He could single-handedly keep Kansas state in it. I just don't see the Wildcats getting the same success they've had at times in Norman with special teams, with some kind of untimely cough ups, uh, in the turnover department by Oklahoma, OU too much offense. Defense is improved for the Sooners, Kansas state offense bad Sooners 34 Wildcats 17 I think I can see this being maybe close going into halftime and then Oklahoma racing away in the second half well we've seen Oklahoma play really really well towards the end of the second quarter and then take that momentum into the second half as well for the last couple of games so I'm with you I don't y'all know if you've been listening to the show at all this week or for much of the last couple of months you know that I just not a big believer in Adrian Martinez now, he could come out and completely prove me wrong in this one, but I just don't think so. I think with Brent Venables, his aggressive attacking style, I just don't think that's going to bode well for a guy who is kind of turnover prone, is, is willing to put – or not willing, but he's going to put the football on the ground. I would say he's going to fumble at least twice in this one and probably throws an interception. And I think, like we mentioned in the offensive segment, I think Dylan Gabriel comes out really sharp in this one at home and – just hits the throws that he didn't hit last week. You know, when, when Jalil Fruit gets wide open and you have him, you know, running away for a touchdown, I think Dylan Gabriel hits that one this week. We've seen other players emerge offensively that it's going to provide enough variety for the Oklahoma Sooners to make some big plays in the passing game. I like what the defense is doing, and I just don't think Deuce Vaughn, like you, I don't think Deuce Vaughn's going to be enough to win this one. So, yeah, give me the Oklahoma Sooners. I'm going to go with something like 40 to 20 in this one where they're going to have a pretty big win. It wouldn't surprise me if it's even a bigger spread than that, but I like the Oklahoma Sooners to win. And here we have it. Saturday night, prime time. The Oklahoma Sooners take on the Kansas State Wildcats. Let us know what your predictions are going to be for this game. Hit us up in the comment section. We'd love to hear your thoughts on who you think is going to be the key to the Oklahoma Sooners getting a victory in this one. Do you think Deuce Vaughn's going to be enough? Do you think just him alone, or do you think Adrian Martinez is going to have this breakout performance against the Oklahoma Sooners to keep this one tight? And that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Sooners. Thank you so much for tuning in. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Remember to go subscribe to the show over on YouTube. Hit the notification bell to let you know when new episodes drop. But until next time, where we'll break down everything that transpired in Norman on Saturday. He's Josh Helmer. I'm John Williams. Boomer Sooner.